In this episode, we talk about how both of us are refocusing on execution. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about founders who are in it for the long haul. I'm Rick, and I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. And I'm Tyler. On the side, I work with Rick on Leg Up Health, but my main business is a bootstrapped SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. What's up this week, Tyler? Not much. It's been a little while. I know. I, I, we're we're so, uh, so busy and out of touch that I don't even... This actually is a live update. I don't know how you're doing. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, because like normally... We're maybe in Slack talking or whatever. Yeah, no, uh, I'm good. Just went to a friend's wedding. Ooh, Summer's where? ending. The fellows are gone. Uh, so life's calming down for me. Where'd you go to a wedding? It, it was here in St. Louis. I love a local wedding. Who got married? Uh, Michael, who you know. Woohoo! Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, it was a good time. It's nice when people get married in their mid-30s because they uh, the weddings are a little nicer than those... <laughs> 20 somethings getting married <laughs> and usually uh, like smaller too, more intimate yeah i wouldn't say th- th- this one was bigger but i, I like a, I like a nice big wedding if i know people anyway <laughs> i'm still waiting for you to reschedule your wedding that got ruined by the pandemic yeah we're definitely not doing that <laughs> one of our main takeaways from this because i'm very very close with the people who got married is we we're just like thank god our wedding got canceled <laughs> <laughs> But you had it like I feel like you did a, a pretty non-traditional approach, and it would have been fine. Yeah, one of the things because you know they have, there's a lot of details you have to figure out right before it, and we were not worrying about any of those details. So I'm kind of like, would we have shown up and just the whole thing would have been a huge disaster because we were like realizing how little we did to plan. Anyway, hosting people is stressful, and uh, when you when you put as much pressure on a hosting event event that you're hosting as a wedding, like it just is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. I agree. It's all downside. It's all downside. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the the normal case is that it goes how it's planned and there's no better case than that. So my wedding, just real quick, I, um, I, I only invited my, uh, parents and siblings. Yeah. And it was like five people, like however many that bit is like six or seven people on my side. And then all table had a bunch of people, but it was so easy for me. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. But I, I view a wedding as a big party and I want to, no offense to my family, but I want to party with my friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, dad and mom. I know you listen. We you actually had a you dry wedding. Too. You wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> There's no that's alcohol. Not, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's let's dive in here. Uh, <laughs> what's up? What's up with you? Um, yeah. So I've got a handful of things to talk about, but I think they all relate to the same central theme, which is just over the years, we've kind of hired people and people have settled into their roles and stuff. And it's been a long time since I've just kind of gone through and said, we have 19 people. What can those people do to contribute to our top priorities? Rather than thinking, oh, we hired this person to do X. They do X. Like, like we're not going to lay someone off because we don't need their role anymore. But that doesn't mean their role shouldn't evolve over time. So anyway, all my updates are kind of in that vein. That's an interesting topic because I feel like sometimes you hire someone for a role, the job changes, but, but you don't, it, it changes naturally, like incrementally, but you never actually like feel safe, like going and asking that person to do something that's drastically different than their job description, mm-hmm. unless you force yourself to, it's like an art, it's an artificial constraint though, especially in a small business. 
Yeah, it's just like inertia. Ta- you know, you you ask people ask all the time, why do big companies move so much slower than small companies? And it's so many different things, and it's bureaucracy, and it's you have to support legacy code and all this stuff. But one of the things is just people get used to doing what they're doing, and you have to kind of shuffle things up a bit. So maybe I can give. Uh, I, I've got a few examples of this. I think the most obvious one that I feel like a complete idiot for not doing sooner. So. Our, the technical side of our business, we have six software engineers, one of whom's sort of in training, so she's not, let's, let's call it five for the time being that can actually ship stuff. Um, and then we have two DevOps engineers. And for people who don't know that term, by what I mean by DevOps is like they write code to support the infrastructure and dev tools at Lessening Serum. So they're, they're not contributing to our main code base, but they're technical. Um, and my brother, the other co-founder, is one of those two people. And then there was just a time where it was like, well, if he wants to go hike the Grand Canyon, we can't have him gone for two weeks or whatever. We need another DevOps person to back him up. So we hired another DevOps person. So we have two. I think most people would say two out of 19 people, that's a over, that's more DevOps people than we need. Um, at the time, it made sense because the site went down all the time. The site doesn't go down all the time anymore. We have a bunch of tools. We have like much more reliability. We also have some full stack or some some of the software engineers know more about DevOps now, so they could step in. But and yet we were just like, well, we have two DevOps people. Let's find DevOps projects for them. <laughs> yeah. And then that takes resources away from everyone else. And yeah, uh, mindshare and brain power. Yeah. And they're coders like they know how to code. So this is such a no brainer that we just recently said, well, Let's not limit them to DevOps projects. Like they're still their skill set's still going to be very back end heavy, and it, you know it's still going to overlap with DevOps. But they're both starting to creep into kind of back end software engineering world, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I just feel like an idiot for not having done this sooner. Oh no, I I, I feel like the minute you you're so scared to do it, and it's, it never feels like it's that impactful, and there's it seems like there's a ton of downside. But then when you do it, everybody's like working together better. You're getting more done. You're, you're less, everyone's less distracted. You, you are like, it takes pressure off you as a CEO to have to connect people. It's so good. Yeah. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here because we're still kind of experimenting with this. But one possible outcome here is that those two move into the software engineering team. And rather than thinking we have six, a team of six and a team of two, we might just say we have a team of eight. Now we only need one manager. And <laughs> all of our, pro- like previously there was one Kanban board for the devs and one Kanban board for DevOps. And it was just two separate processes running in parallel. I think there's a decent amount of bureaucracy, like bureaucracy we can reduce if we combine this together. I love it. Um, the question that this begs, though, is like how to, I mean, the, the worry with this is that people won't be receptive to it. And they'll be like, no, I want to triple down on DevOps work. Um, yeah. Are you having that running into need? of that resistance? Well, one of them's the co-founder, so that's not a problem. And then I haven't actually had a conversation with the other person, but he hasn't. It's not, I mean, they're going to explore it. Uh, but no, I. It's the, the work is similar enough. So there's actually uh, that. I don't know if there's more to talk about that. That segues into another example of this happening where I think your question's a little more of an issue. Should I move on or yeah, just keep going through okay. the example? I'm more interested in the um in the th- th- the theme and the yeah I'm, I'm experiencing this in my day job so I'm okay and uh, it's it's a very interesting topic to me so keep going through the examples so the other uh, one of the other ones is CRM coaching where it's not that so CRM coaching it's, it's, meaning customer service. customer service yeah um but like 
we kind of intentionally do customer service in an inefficient way because I think that's how if you want really, really great customer service, you have to give them time to like actually talk to customers and learn about them versus like this is just knock out the support tickets as fast as you can. Right. Um, we also have like we give employees the ability to go on sabbatical. We have unlimited sick leave. We have 30 personal days per year that people can take off. There's just people gone from time to time. So that like any team of multiple people, we have, I think, eight CRM coaches, but I think the team can run at six. I'd say seven is like comfortable. Six is like, it feels like they're a little stretched, but we have eight to to make up for the times when not everyone's around, right? That's That's how you always have to staff any team. So the question there, it's not, it's not so much like with DevOps, it was, I think they were working on the wrong projects with CRM coaches. It's just, what do we do with their extra time? That's not when all eight people are around and they have extra time. What has been happening is they all have 20% projects where they get to pick other things to work on. And so they just filled in the additional time with more 20% time. We want to be more deliberate here where we're like, no, the company's deciding who's going to work on what with this extra surplus time, and we're going to put it towards the most impactful stuff, which is different from 20% time. That makes sense. So what are you doing to solve for that? Well, yeah. So that brings up I, I, what you were saying earlier. We're like, what if people don't go along with it? That's a harder question here because we're basically saying, hey, you know how we hired you to do customer service? Now you're writing blog posts or whatever. So what we did in this case is we just asked for volunteers because some people really want to mix up what they're working on and some people don't. So rather than saying, okay, we're going to evenly divide this extra time amongst the eight people, probably one or two people will get all of the extra time. and But those are the people who opted into it. Interesting. Um, so we've got, we're still figuring out what the marketing projects will be, but I think one person will probably do SEO blogging stuff. One person will probably do sort of sales. I mean, the leads are inbound, but talking to people a little earlier in the buying process than our normal customer service people do. Why are you making this opt-in? Um, because I'd rather have one person get really good at one of these skills than have eight people kind of mediocre at it. Like I wanted, I wanted this. I wanted. I don't want to spread it out evenly. I want one specialist as opposed to eight generalists. Okay. And what? So what? What, what are they going to the 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 people who don't help out with content? What are they going to do with their spare time? They don't get spare time. It's customer service for them. Oh, got it. So you'll just reallocate what more more workload to them. Yeah. So, and I actually have a little analogy for this that I use to communicate it to the team. And I, I know you always like when we have these little shorthands that mm -hmm. uh, I share. So now our new shorthand is sand projects versus uh, rock projects. Do you know that analogy mm -hmm. of like if you have sand, pebbles, and rocks? Yeah. Yeah. You put the sand in first. <laughs> I think you missed the point of that. Yeah, analogy. I'm just kidding. No, there's some really cringy YouTube videos yeah. of this because it's it's. I think the original message was like for a life fulfillment, like philosophy thing. Yeah, you got to build your anchors around your rocks, and you know, make sure you don't forget to do those before because you've put the sand in, and you do all these little things uh, yeah. too uh, too soon. You don't leave room for your big things. Right. So I think the way we were doing it before is. We had a couple rocks, but mostly we were just like, whatever extra time there is, pour sand in to fill up the container. And now we're saying, we're going to fill the container with as many rocks as we can. There will still be some sand. Like, you can't perfectly schedule customer service where it's all, like, there will still be, oh, it's just a slow day. Hey, you, you can tune out and go do something else. So what we're saying is every CRM coach needs some sand projects, 
But we are all of the schedulable surplus time that we have will go towards rock projects, and those are only going to be done by probably one or two people. Ah, oh, very cool. Um, again, it's like, yeah, of course we should have been pointing. It's it's like you hire people and you think, of course, they're just going to be working on the highest impact thing all the time. But I guess this is what management is. Is like if you don't really stay on top of that, that that stops happening. Well, it's easier to hire someone with a simplified job. They don't have the context of the whole company. But this is probably more like an evolution of of like the onboarding process over years uh, versus like a job description. But like you hire, you try to simplify something to be able to hire someone who can do a certain amount of skills. But inevitably, like that's not ideal. That's like suboptimal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's optimal for getting someone onboarded, but not optimal for like maximizing execution. Which is actually something I want to talk a lot about today because it's. Um, it's uh, something I'm learning at Leg Up Health, and basically, what you're, what you're talking about is the same thing I'm learning, which is forget like the perfect like just job description and like having this perfect clarity of like what everybody's supposed to do. Let's just go get work done. Yeah, and that's better. <laughs> I mean, this is what founders always do, and you forget that at the moment you hire your first employee, you forget that attitude with them because that's not how the corporate world works. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, do you, you want to? Move- other exa- do you have any other examples of that? Well, the other one I have is just me. Um, I started coding for the first time in quite a while. Uh, I literally sat down at my desk one day because you know the the fellows and interns are leaving, and I wrapped up a couple other projects, and I like didn't know what to work on. Um, so I did this whole like soul searching of, okay, growth is our top priority. I should probably go do a growth thing, and so I looked at. Uh, SEO. I, I just kind of like took a look around at some of our reports and this and that. But the thing is, like, I don't know. I'm not going to have a huge amount of time for this. I'll have some time, but not like a full time growth person. I'm still most bullish on our product led growth stuff. Um, and so I was like, I guess the the best way I can contribute to growth is probably to take some stuff off the plates of our other software engineers so that they can go finish that project. Um. So yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, you're, so you're basically trying to block and tackle for them so that yeah. they can spend more time on the the media the, on their rocks. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of ink that's been spilled about what's the role of a CEO, and you know some people say it's three things: it's hiring, it's making sure there's money in the bank, and I forget what the other third one everyone always says: setting it. the vision. Yeah, something and and like okay, sure, fine, all that, but I kind of think it's really change management. It's like. The company, if it stays exactly how it is, there's not a lot of CEO work to do. Like the vision's not changing. You're not hiring people. Like all of that stuff is the company changing into a different size company. Lesson Wing CRM has not had anyone quit in over a year and a half. We have not added headcount in that time either. So like the team is totally static. We have the vision. We just need to go execute on it. So like I just don't think there's much CEO work for me to be doing until the next you know, things always come up. So something will come up. But right now I'm just like acting like I'm the CEO is not the best use of my time. I think I need to act like I'm an entry level programmer right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you're it's funny, but, you, but you're really asking everyone to do that. Stop acting like what you've yeah. been and, and recreate, re, recreate your job based on what's best for the business today. Yeah. I'm actually preparing a presentation for the company that some, one of the employees asked for like a financial overview, just like, where's all our money going and this and that. And I think the narrative I'm going to spin in it is like, here's what happens if we stay at our current growth rate. Here's what happens if it gets a little better. Here's what happens if it gets a lot better. 
and it will paint this vision that it's better for everybody. It's better for our customers. It's better for our employees if it, if our growth gets a lot better. And just kind of call to action to everybody, like, let's fucking go. Like, it's time to it's time to do this. That's great. That's awesome. And it's so much fun to work yeah. in that environment. Um, so so we're doing a similar thing at Windfall where it's like I can't really talk much about about the specifics, but you know, what, one, one theme that we've had, we all read a book, uh, called amp it up about a year ago. And that was the theme of our last offsite this week, tomorrow morning, I'm flying out to our offsite company offsite this year, which is in uh, Napa, which will be really, really fun. You going to win another award? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but, uh, I hope not. Cause that like really surprised me and made me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so, um, but, but, uh, but, but last year, like that was the theme amp it up and amp it up is a book, um, that I've been meaning to bring up on the podcast, uh, for a while, but it's a guy named Frank Slootman who wrote it. He is the CEO of Snowflake, but he's, he's had like $3 billion outcomes, uh, co- company outcomes. Like, so he's, mm. it's not a fluke. Like he knows yeah. he has a playbook. Um, but his, his main, like he, he, he talks about how you need to increase focus, increase urgency and increase, um, uh, intensity. Um, and he separates all those three things out. But like one of the um, things he talks a lot about in the book is re- uh, eliminating silos. And I just it just occurred to me while you're talking that like he's usually talking at, at a much larger scale than mm-hmm. us. Like he's coming in at a billion dollar company level. Um, but like the minute you hire someone to do a specific set of things and you put that on a piece of paper and you say that's your job, you've created a silo. That like, and if you don't mm. actively manage that, like you have to, you know, or create ways for that to like evolve naturally, it, 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 it just like compounds, uh, into yeah. a further silo, the more and more people that you add. And, uh, and so one, one thing that I'm working on right now at windfall is, uh, just how, how do we make sure that those silos, uh, that, that have, have, uh, uh, we have allowed to create, you know, start coming down and then trying to prevent that from happening again. So hard. Um, cause you, you can't, um, at least in the, in the, in the speed at the spe- speed that, that, um, that, that, that we're moving, it's like, there's not one person who can manage all this. Like you, you have, you, like, it sounds like you have the ability to sort of like go around yeah, I, and like, I can steer the whole ship yeah, from cool. where I am. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so I'm trying to figure out like, how do I systematically engineer, um, like, and like, and this is like, not just me, like the, the, the executive team is trying to figure out how do we engineer this and make it so it's, uh, it's the priority. And that's a big thing he talks about in the book is like, you have to figure out how to get people to go direct. Like when, uh, when a customer service wants something, don't have them go to like, he talks about like how he hates customer success, but like, don't have them go to customer success, have them go straight to the engineer and talk to the engineer about building the, the product. And how do you facilitate that? Um, oh, but that's, I mean, that's so, that's a land, um, a minefield though. Cause then engineering doesn't know what to work on if there's not some kind of, uh, triage system for them. Yes. So there are all sorts of, it, it's a, it's a, it's a simplified example, but yes, uh, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, anyway, um, I'm having a similar learning, but, but one of the things he says is in the book and, and I, it ha- it's really clicking for me lately is that the, the most beautiful strategy in the world doesn't, you know, gets, gets destroyed by better execution. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like imagining like, let's say you're, if strategy is the direction that you're heading and sort of like how you're thinking about where you're going and you're heading in the complete wrong direction, but you're executing really well, the probability of success is probably higher than if you're heading in the right direction, but executing poorly because you can turn the ship around. Like you can like go around and turn it and you, you maintain that execution and, and like pass the other ship. Um, and so that's just starting to click for me and I'm starting to really 
weight my day and my leadership towards just like getting momentum and sustaining momentum and worrying less about whether it's uh, the right momentum right now. And then, you know, figuring out how to steer it after it's going. I mean, this seems like a continuation of uh, a couple episodes ago when we said you can't optimize nothing. Yes. It's just like it's I, I like your analogy that if the ship's moving, you can steer. But the problem with the analogy is in that world, if you're moving fast in the wrong direction, you're getting further and further from where you need to be. Because I think in, in the the real version of this you're learning more and more and more and you're not actually getting further from your goal. Like there, there's an, a nice metaphor here, but it's not like perfectly mm-hmm. accurate. Um, it's better to learn from mistakes and then turn around because you're not actually further from where you started. Totally agreed. Um, and yeah, so, so that's happening. We have a lot of momentum at leg up right now. Um, you can see it in the Slack channel. It's um, JD's really rolling. I, I, uh, and it's, it's all coming out of maybe 45 days ago, us having a partner meeting and saying, Hey, let's, let's stop doing what we're doing and do something, you know, let's just go talk to customers. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's getting, uh, the, probably the biggest like little, little hack has been, um, getting t- to this place where it's like, uh, I'm going to ask people not necessarily for a referral, but a person who is like a good lead for us, just ask for their name. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's creating this lead list for JD that he can just cycle through every day without having to do a ton of uh, system engineering for like our data entry. Um, and so anyway, it's happening where we, we did 20 meetings in in July with ICP customers. Um, and we're looking to do 30 in, in August, in August. Um, so it just feels really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, at what point do you start to say, okay, let's like when these meetings started with potential customers, they started as being like customer research. Mm-hmm. Like we're not even really trying to sell you on anything. We're just trying to get information to make sure that the offer is correct and all that. Um, it has already moved somewhat towards let's start trying to close deals, but like there haven't been a lot of deals closing relative to the number of meetings. At what point does that start to become the focus? Yeah, probably Q4. Um, I, so there's like, I think the first step, so uh, there's sort of like, how do you get the meeting? What's the offer to get the meeting? We're, we're shifting that from, hey, can we do an interview? to, um, Hey, can we do an, an audit or can we, um, educate you or, you know, can we, can we, uh, pitch you? Um, and, uh, and, and so that's, that's a, that's happening right now. Um, in terms of focusing on trying to like win the business, um, I, I'm actually very comfortable in the time between now and like October offering free ser- like free consulting, free services to learn. Cause we're a lot of these companies that we're pitching, fall into, um, two different categories and, and a lot of them have group health insurance already, and we don't really know the best way to serve those. And so we're, you know, rather than like just being a little bit patient and saying, Hey, like, let us give you free, let's, let us be your agent without being your agent. And then we're, we're learning through that way. So we have a couple of those where those will turn into revenue if we just like are patient for a couple months. Um, but we, I think, you know, you built the software platform for, uh, our benefit, stipend program. And I think JD demoed that last week for the first time and it was pretty well received and we got some good feedback. Yeah. So, so, um, depending on the type of customer it is like, there's kind of three forks like, Oh, this is a consumer. This is a business owner. Who's just a consumer. We, we are winning that business right now. Um, did I lose you for a second? Nope. Okay. I said I was disconnected for a second, but I'll keep going. Um, so, so, 
if it's, if there's three, uh, sort of forks, one is consumer, we're good. We're winning that business. And then it's like, oh, you're, you have employees. Well, it's like one of two outcomes. Oh, you have a stipend program. We're going right into, uh, you don't offer group health insurance. Oh, we're going right into the demo of the stipend program. But if they have group health insurance, we're sort of doing this, a benefit analysis and then slow playing an AOR ask, which, uh, is probably a little bit not mom mentality. If I'm and being ju- honest, just to remind people on terminology here. So AOR is agent of record. So basically if someone has an insurance plan, somebody is getting a commission on it. It might be the insurance company keeping the commission. But when you say you want to AOR, you mean they list you as the agent. And so leg up health starts getting the commission instead of whoever else. Yeah. Two things happen. Basically we're able to act on their behalf with the insurance company and healthcare.gov. Um, and we, uh, and we would start receiving this, the commission. Yeah. to service them. So. so you said this isn't Mamba men- mentality, meaning like not as aggressive. What, Why not like, like connect the dots for me? Yeah. So one of our values is Mamba mentality. We adopted it earlier this year because we were frankly scared to ask people for their business. Um, and we had er- we felt like we had earned the right to, to ask for people's business, especially on the consumer market. Since then, we've gotten into the employer business. And um, it's not necessarily Mamba mentality to say, uh, you know, do this free consulting thing, but in a way it is, it's like, we're so confident that, um, we're going to, you know, when your business with in the next two months that we're willing to give free services away in the short term. So, um, I think it's probably the right approach for a month or two more. Uh, but at some point we're going to go, okay, we know enough. We've earned the confidence to just ask for the business right away. Yeah. So let me, uh, I don't exactly have strong feelings here. I'm fine. Slow playing it. Cause, uh, well, it'll be clear in a second why why that aligns with my interests if my interest is to not work much. But uh, <laughs> so I built this software for you, and one of the big questions is, will anyone buy it? Right? And until that question is answered, I don't think it makes sense for me to do much else on it. Um, an argument could be made: go try and sell it, at least for the type of person who might buy this software platform. Try and sell it more aggressively, because until then, I don't know what to work on. So let me be clear. Uh, JD is now selling that what you built aggressively. Mm-hmm. The, I, the, so that is happening. We're being aggressive with the consumer offering. It's this group employ uh, health insurance offering gotcha. that, we're, we're, that we're slow playing a little bit because um, we don't know it. it, it integrate. There's some payroll issues, some mm-hmm. um, human resource uh, information system issues that we've we've got. We need to learn before we're we're too uh, aggressive on. But yeah, we we, okay. we want to pitch. Uh, the the demo right away and we're Let gonna me, yeah go ahead sorry that that makes sense um there's three icps so to speak here or or customers that we're going after so i think i already know the answer to this but another thing like a voice in my head of someone who might challenge this is they might say like get one of them working why are we going after three what's well, one icp okay they're, they're, even yeah. still even still i think like if we were like well there's one icp but we have multiple CRM type products to sell them. I think you'd be like, just do one of those. Yeah. And and that's because you're thinking of it in terms of a software product, like something you can touch um, when, when our product is service and effectively like what we want to be able, what are the value proposition that we are building is for our ICP, we are the one we we can take care of you. All we like you're a small business owner with, with two to 19 employees. We are for you. We can get, we can do consumer. We can do stipend program or we can do group health insurance and we can do all three and we've got all three in the works. We just don't have the, uh, the volume on, on, uh, two and three. Yeah. 
And we, but we've just, we, we're, we're what, 45 days into this. We've got momentum on meetings. So top of funnel is, is starting to, to get filled up. Um, that's moving down the funnel. Um, and then JD's, if he sustains this uh, for another month or two, August and September, we'll be at roughly 80 meetings uh, entering open enrollment. We get, you know, uh, a 10% close rate on, on those that's eight deals. And then that's not even counting, uh, the natural sort of, uh, you know, 10 X bump we, we, we receive, um, in Q4 just to do the seasonality. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to think of how, like, if I'm listening to this podcast and trying to apply it to my business, I'm not sure what you just said. Like, I think the conclusion's right. I'm not sure the reason is right. If that makes sense. The reason for what? That if it's service, you should try to offer all the different services. Um, I'm not saying that it's service or uh, it's it, because it's services, we should do that. I was just saying that like like a CRM, is, having three different CRMs is very tangible yeah. um, and like very distinct architectures. And like, it's like a very like tangible thing. And service, like it's it's actually one motion. Like we have a call and it's the, the only thing that changes is the context content of that call. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, an email that we write, we, we have a, a, you know, it's all the same thing. It's all health insurance. Um, the, 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 the motion is slightly different, um, with the exception, like, uh, you know, maybe there's a couple of other tools that were used, but the tool isn't the product it's, it's JD fundamentally. Yeah. That's, that was my only point. And but the larger point is that like, whatever, whatever solution you're trying to build, like build a solution. And in this case, the solution <laughs> is, uh, ICP, um, you know, you know, it has to go to three different people to get uh, their problem solved. Uh, you know, either people keep for HRA, um, comp, you know, uh, a, a, an individual broker who stinks for consumer um, or a, a, bro- a group broker who's, who, who stinks uh, for group health insurance. And we want to say, hey, like, no, no, just work with us and we'll take care of you either, you know, no matter no matter what path you want to go on. Were you ever a fan of the insane clown posse, Rick? Uh, I we can't, say, I, we yes, keep saying I, ICP and I keep thinking of these rap mass, metal mass clowns. clowns. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, I, I had a, I have several ICP CDs growing up. Really? Yes. <laughs> nice. I'm not, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that. <laughs> uh, I can, I'm already hearing lyrics in my head right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Do you know, There's, do you know any songs? Uh, I couldn't name them off. I, I had friends who liked ICP. I, I never was really known. I just, I think it's funny how boring and corporate we are now. We use all these MVP, uh, which used yeah. to mean LeBron James, and now it means uh, a software product. <laughs> yeah, I see. I mean, ICP. I just uh, it's a it's a very it's like a, a word. It's a very meaningful word to me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Sorry, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> what else? What's going on? Uh, we hired a sales coach. So to do what? I mean, to coach sales, but to work with JD, I assume. Yeah, just we, we want to um, basically to give him someone to bounce ideas off of to take what. We, you know, the, the foundation of what we built and make it, um, more repeatable, better. Uh, I, it's, it's basically someone with some, with more experience than JD and I, who, uh, hopefully will make it go faster. Cool. Yeah. It has been interesting being a fly on the wall in some of the leg up health meetings. And so for anyone listening, Rick has a history as a Cutco knives salesperson. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And, so maybe you're not in sales right now, but you have been a successful salesperson in the past. And just see, like JD has the attitude of a, like, for me, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> talk to people. You know, I'm just like, I would never. And JD's like, I'll talk to him. I'll ask him whatever you want. I just don't know what to say. And uh, <laughs> it was funny seeing you sharing some of that wisdom with him, but I, I totally get why having a coach 
doing that in a more kind of official capacity makes sense. Totally. And I'm not like, there are some people who are so good at this stuff. And I, we, I think we got a good, uh, it was a guy I went to school with, um, in college and he's a, he's a sales coach now. So what's, what's the arrangement? Like how many hours, how long, like, is there yeah. a, an end date? Yeah. It's like, um, it's like, a, I think five, a five week, uh, program. Um, and it's mostly, I think just like calls. Um, I don't think there's a lot of, uh, uh, uh sort of execution work that we're, we're getting with it. It's more therapy. Um, and, uh, um, and just helping to think through through this, um, it'll be interesting to see. Like the the downside of this is like I, there's a potential that it could distract. Um, and uh, and so I'm part of what I'm finding my role is at Lego Health as like whatever you want to call me is, is um, just keep trying to identify where the distractions are that are keeping us from hitting uh, what matters in the short term, and mm-hmm. just figuring out how to squash them, um, <laughs> and then trying really hard not to create create those myself. Yeah. Cool. Um, any, uh, how are you going to like decide if the sales coach was worth it? Not that you need, I mean, it's happening, but like, uh, so what I did in this case, um, uh, I'm not sure if I can share the details around the arrangement, um, cause he's doing us a favor. So I'm not going to go into like the, the dollars and cents, but, um, what I basically did was I said, I, I was getting in the middle of like trying to make this happen. And then I realized like, this is fundamentally for JD. And so I just gave him a budget and said, JD, you have this much money to spend on coaching, you know, uh, as long as it's sales related, uh, through September 30th, like here's the budget. And then like, as soon as I did that, it got, it was done in a week. Like he, he okay. interviewed a bunch of people and, um, and so he's basically gonna, I mean, JD will be the, decider. as long as she's happy, it's doing its job. Yep. If it, I mean, if JD's happy and we're, we're slowing down on execution, then, you know, the, I will challenge him, but if he's happy and execution is, is maintained, <laughs> yeah. like we're both happy. Yeah. What are you complaining about then? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Cool. Uh, does that segue into anything or should I give another of mine? Not really. I mean, I just want to, I just want to harp on like my biggest learning in the lot this year to date. And I hope I never forget it is whenever you find yourself like trying to think about how to get stuff done, like, and you're just like doing that for more than like it's turning into days and weeks of doing that, like stop and just go do stuff or something. Yeah. I just, uh, anyway, and, and figuring out how to get your whole team executing, um, is just like, it just seems like that's just such a, such a competitive advantage. Yeah. I mean, tons of parallels between that and, and what I'm talking about on my end too. I wasn't necessarily, our problem wasn't getting stuck in the strategic stuff, but it was, yeah, it was just like doing anything other than the most important thing. And planning for you is not the most important thing. And doing more DevOps work for us is not the most important thing. Exactly. So, yeah. Tell me, um, tell me what else is going on in your world. I am about to completely contradict myself here. We have decided to put the entire dev team on not the most important <laughs> thing. <laughs> Are you questioning that now that we've uh, No, uh, I'm committed. No, I... So... <laughs> 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 I didn't plan that segue, but I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way. Uh, so here's the situation. A while back, I mentioned this on the podcast, our normal way of pl- uh, kind of like allocating dev resources is to say each person works on their own projects. They're totally separate, um, which I think makes a certain amount of sense. You don't have any coordination that way, um, which reduces some of the overhead. But the de- you know when you have two devs, that's fine. You have two top priorities. You're working on both of them at the same time. When you have six, it's like whatever's number six, get- stop doing that and start working on the most important thing. So a while back, maybe a few months ago, we decided we're going to put 
everyone on the top priority that we can. Sometimes that's not practical. It's like someone has a different skill set that doesn't fit that project or whatever. So in practice, for the last few months, there's been two projects going on with everybody working on one or the other. And now we're planning what's coming next. And I found myself looking at it and being like, there are five projects we're about to work on in parallel. And and we like we all looked at it and decided to do it. And we're like, yes, that's the right approach. And then I was looking at it like, wait, this completely violates this whole work on that, like put everyone on the most important thing. So I tried to investigate wh- why that happened. And there are a couple like one-off reasons. Like we have to switch to Paddle, which is a one-person project, but we have a deadline for it. So there's a little bit of that. But the the biggest thing is there is a project uh, that I'll call Bulk Actions. That is basically the ability to select a bunch of contacts in the CRM and do stuff in mass to them. We already have a few Bulk Actions, but customers want a lot more. Like take everyone in this status and move them to a different status or whatever. Uh, that has been the CRM coach's number one request for like two years now. And I it keeps being next on the list. And I keep being like, oh, but something came up. We're not going to do it right now. And the CRM coaches are just like, this is so much more important than anything else to our current customers. None of them are arguing it helps with sales or growth, but it's super important. So what happened is I was like, okay, that's up next. We're going to put one person on that, but I'm not like excited about that because it's not going to help with growth and growth is our top priority. So we're also going to put people on other things. And that's what led to this like fragmented doing a bunch of things in parallel thing. Does that context make sense? Any questions about how we got where we are? Yep. So basically, we had a group brainstorming discussion on this, and what came out of it was either do bulk actions or don't. Um, and there's a strong argument for don't. Our top priority is growth. Bulk actions is not a growth project. Don't do it. The counterbalance that, though, is I do think like honoring commitments is worthwhile, and I've been putting this off for too long. So I've decided to say, you know what? My mistake was I should have never made the commitment, and I have learned a lesson and will not make that commitment to a project like that in the near future, but we're just going to put every dev on bulk actions and get it done as quickly as we possibly can, and then I'm setting expectations with the team. It's growth and nothing but growth from here on out. How how, how many like calendar weeks is, is it that, that you expect this to take? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it was one dev, I think it would be four to six months, probably. Put them all on it, maybe a month or so. Then there's a little overhead putting more people on it, so call it a month and a half. And this is all they're working on for a month and a half? They'll, they'll be doing bug fixes and some other little things like that. But so you're basically pausing your growth, like just to, to make sure I'm clear, you're pausing your growth initiative to get this done? Yes. And people are happy about this? Um, yeah. Um, the CRM coaches certainly are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I I don't have strong conviction. Like at the end of the day, we're going to have the same set of projects done six months from now that, that was on the original roadmap. It's just like doing one thing at a time rather than doing them in parallel. Yeah. Now, again, I fully, I acknowledge if I were not a hypocrite, I should ax this project and not do it at all. Our growth, we want to, we want to be focused on growth, but it's not like life or death. Um, if it were, I would not be making this decision. Anyway, I know it's like a quote unquote mistake. We're doing it anyway. <laughs> See you on the other side. Somehow you've decided this is not a mistake and that's why you're doing it. So like, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, it feels like it's more, it maybe, maybe there's some value in this for 
for uh, team morale, uh, for right, customer right, word right. of mouth. And like, so this is, it's like, it's not that simple, but like, man, this just- goes back to a point I made, uh, I think last episode or the one before where thinking of things as I have my top priority, that's like too simplistic. It's like, I care 40% about this and 20% about that. And the thing with the biggest slice of the pie is growth. But I think all the other things add up to make this bigger. Maybe that's the way to explain it. Fair enough. I, I, I like that you tried to get me to say that in a less idiotic way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's te- and it will be a huge feature. I mean, when we launch this, our customers are going to love it. Uh, so it, it's, that, yeah. That'll pay for itself. Yeah, except that's a slippery slope where it's... What I want is to just... All we have to do is make the product really fucking good for our current customers and the growth follows. That's what I want. I think that might be possible with certain products. And that's why we want to launch a forms thing, which I've been talking about, is because it has enough virality built into it that if you make people love it, they will use it. And if people use it, it will grow. CRM just doesn't work that way. There's no viral loop at all. There's really long time to value, complex setup costs. Uh, I just think. There's more of a, this is a hypothesis. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong about forms, but there's more of a disconnect between customers being happy and us getting new customers. That's my hypothesis. I hope it works out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll it's, expen- it's an expensive <laughs> it investment. Um, th- what One thing that I wrote down while you were talking earlier, and this sort of, it kind of came back to it. And I, it's something I want to mimic at Leg Up Health. And you said, um, if you want a uh, really good customer service, you, you, you can't optimize for uh, like l- the lowest cost of service. You have to optimize for something else. Um, and I was just curious, like, how do you, what do you, how do you measure what you're optimizing for? So the way I wrote it down was um, if I want to optimize for word of mouth, for example, I probably have to set a constraint of like the, the amount of money we can spend as a percentage of revenue on service. But like, you know, after that, it's like build this in a way that maximizes retention and word of mouth. Yeah. Um, you know, is that the right way to think about it or do you have any other tidbits or is that, do you set a constraint on how much to spend on coaching or does it just sort of naturally happen? I think what happened is we probably overinvested in it early on. And then now our constraint is we're not growing the cost because we're not, we're not going to fire anyone over this. There is an interesting question. If someone left, would we replace them? And I, I actually don't know the answer. So no, we don't have a constraint, but I think that's a good approach to take. Like just, we, the business has to work with customer service not taking more than X percent of revenue. Like that seems like a reasonable starting point. My gut reaction to what you said though is I just think using the word optimize in conjunction with customer service is gonna lead to trouble. Um like I I think if you have some North Star metric that you're trying to make as high as you can, you're almost certainly going to make other compromises that make something worse. Like it's just, it's all about balance, I think. And optimization is the antithesis to balance. I have a more specific thought, but like, what do you think about that? No, I think that's right. I, it's, it, 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 nothing is that simple, but there's a big difference between like rewarding people for like staying within budget while yeah. uh, maximizing the customer experience to like generate revenue. Um, versus like it, whether that's through, you know, you know, word of mouth, uh, referrals or retention, um, or upsells, um, cross sells, whatever. Um, that's a big different difference between like the, the thing I was imagining where it was like, 
you did 100 tickets in two hours um, uh, in, you know, with a first resolution rate of 80%. Great job. Yeah. So here's our approach to this. And I, this is a, a lot of what we do. I'm like trying to make up a justification after the fact, because we're talking about it. This one we've actually thought deliberately about, and I have strong conviction on this for less annoying serum. We hire people who are intrinsically motivated to help people. And there are a lot of people like that out there. Think of any nurse, any teacher, or just like nice people, you know. Um, we hire people who are intrinsically motivated. And then it's just a game of not crushing that motivation. You can crush that motivation by making them resent their job. Like if they just don't like their boss, they're not going to, they're, they're going to lose that motivation. Or by creating some metric they're trying to hit. If you're like, you get a bonus if you hit some metric. That motivation goes out the window at that point, and they're just trying to play the game. So our goal is hire those people and put constraints in place, like you say, like, hey, hey, don't spend an hour on one import. Like, that's too long. Here's how, here's how far you, above and beyond you can kind of go before we say, like, cut it out. But beyond that, we just let them do their thing. And then I'd say there's a second motivator, which is they also want the business to succeed. I don't think it needs to be a direct, like, hit this metric and we give you this bonus. But if they think, I know that like, like my employees have seen in the past, we had a good year and we added health insurance. They're just like, I know if I do my part and the company moves in the right direction, it'll pay back to me. And so if I just help people out, but also have reason about like balancing business needs with customer needs, I don't know. It's worked out pretty well for us. No, it make, that makes a lot of sense. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I you're going to be in a different situation scaling like up health though. Cause it's, even more, I mean, like you just said earlier in this episode, the service is the thing and the profitability of the business could 2x or, you know, 0.5x based on very minor little things that you could tweak here and there. No, this is it. Like getting this right from a business modeling perspective is the difference between between scaling up and having to like, like having like failure launches a couple of times before getting it right. Like yeah. it's a, it's a big deal. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. I can't wait until you're actually in. I mean, a lot of stuff has to go right first, but that is, that's going to make for some really fascinating podcast episodes mm -hmm. once that time comes. Totally. Um, all right. Well, I know you. if you've got other topics you want to cover, we can, but I also know you're, uh, you have to move on to something else. Should we call it? I've got one thing uh, that I'll just tease uh, for next time. Um, and that is, let's take two minutes, maybe. Um, I'm starting to think about the the marketing machine on top of, so so. I should preface this with now that JD's executing and it's sort of like balls, like momentum is building. It's leading to like natural weekly incremental improvements to our offers, our marketing offers, our sales offers, our product offerings. Um, it's incremental though. Right. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I might be able to spend like an hour on a weekend uh, or two trying to like, like create another source of leverage that is like massive um, impact. And uh, I think that's in this like, starting to construct the, 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 the spamming, I, I don't want to call it spam. I don't want to spam people. Um, you know, that, that thing that like makes it easy for JD to do more. And then also like, it like creates a half-life of like a, of a contact that, um, you know, we continue to get, you know, to nurture. Um, and so that's, that's starting to like, I'm starting to think about it at night when I go to bed and wake up thinking about it and dream about it and think about it in the shower, which I, every time that happens to me, it's like, I know it's going to happen in the yeah. next like four weeks probably. Hell yeah. But one day, like I'm just going to like get hit by uh, that feeling and I'm not going to sleep and I'm just going to just knock it out. Um, so I just wanted to share that. Do you ever That's get those awesome. feelings? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually got it with this coding thing. Like I, I made the intellectual decision to start coding and then it was on a Friday and I just worked until 2, 2 a.m. I was just like, now is the time. I have the motivation right now. I'm going to drop everything and roll with it because this may mo- this motivation might not come back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So 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 I think like maybe by the next podcast episode, uh, I will have an update on this, but no commitments. I'm not ready to commit yet, I, but yeah. I'm going like, it's just like, it's, it's occupying. Uh, space I like in my to mind. hear you're thinking about like, yeah, what I like, I, I want to, I want to see you build in the marketing, like being an individual <laughs> contributor doing marketing on leg up health. That would excite the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that's like happening in my life right now is I feel like we're at the six week point with Avery, our new daughter. And that's like, I feel like a turning point. I don't know. It just seems like, like things get easier. I just, it, we, I, maybe it's just been six weeks of a new routine that I'm just accepting as my new life um, <laughs> versus like wishing for the old, the old <laughs> way. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like I have more energy now and also more time, but I know I have less time, but I have, feel like I have more time all of a sudden. I don't know what that is about, but cool. Anything else on your mind? Uh, you know, I could blabber on, but I know you got places to be, so let's call it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit startuptolast.com. See you next week. See ya.